Did you guys eventually watch Coming to America? No, I I was afraid of. It is so bad. There's no there's no way we can do this without me ranting at some point about how terrible this thing is. We all know how great Crocodile Dundee 2 was compared to Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Recorded in our Nerd Haven studios, this is Pop Medieval, your host, Dr. Richard Scott Noakes and Nina Mack. Discussing the intersection of medieval literature and pop culture on a semi-weekly basis. And now, back to your podcast. What, Nina? What, Doc? So, have you seen Coming to, Digit 2, America, the sequel to the old 19, I guess, 80s movie, Coming to America? I haven't seen the sequel yet. Um, I've seen the original, and I love it. It's considered one of the all-time great comedies of the 80s. Got Eddie Murphy and... Arsenio Hall in it, some incredible memorable characters and memorable lines. I was really, really excited about seeing the sequel. I know it's on Amazon Prime. Have you seen it yet? I have seen it, and I can recommend that you not watch it. It was... Oh my god. It was... uh, There's a line in it where uh, one of the characters complains that Hollywood shouldn't shouldn't make sequels to old movies that just ruin the original movie. Your memory of the original movie should not be stained by this other film man that disappoints me i know it would be nice (laughs) to have a great sequel to to coming to america but uh, if there will ever be one this is not going to be it but you know i thought maybe today we could talk about so in the original movie uh prince akim comes from uh no i can't remember the name of his kingdom uh zamunda zamunda yes having just rewatched it having just watched it uh, I forgot the name of the, yes, uh, Zamunda. He comes from Zamunda. And it's a very wealthy, at least his family is wealthy, wealthy African country. And in, in the sequel, Americans go there. And in that one, we get to see a little bit more of the country. And we do get the sense that although they have some poor neighbors, that it is also, that it is more broadly a wealthy country. It's not just a country where there's a, a wealthy royal family and everyone else lives in slums. That it's a, a very prosperous African country. And I thought today we might talk about a non-fictional African empire that is known for its wealth. And that is sure. Mensa Musa. Are you familiar with Mensa Musa at all? I am vaguely familiar with uh, Mensa Musa. I know he is uh, considered the wealthiest man in all of history. Am I correct in that? Yes, he's often thought to be that. Yeah. And arguably it's true. But arguably is the thing. We don't have great sources for him. So he's Musa the first. Mansa is a a title, uh, like Sultan or something. In the early 14th century, when he is Musa, the Mali is creating this large empire in East Africa, or sorry, in West Africa. So there's this big empire around Mali. And we don't actually have the best sources for it. You would think we would have really great sources in fact, we don't have great sources. Part of that has to do with the fact that he's from this family called the Keita family. They had these kind of oral historians. They wouldn't give out their history to outsiders until finally that dynasty collapsed and then they didn't have the oral histories anymore. So there are some mm. weird things like we literally don't know when he died and when his successor took over, even though this was clearly a huge powerhouse, probably the most powerful uh, empire in Africa at that time. And he wasn't a minor figure. So was this figure. a very secretive family? Uh, I don't know that it's secretive. More in the, more that they kept certain sorts of information was sort of, we might consider them like state secrets. That's not exactly right. Uh, it, it implies that there's some sort of conspiracy <laughs> yeah, going on here. And it's nothing like that. It's just who has the right to tell the story. And so a lot of what we know about 
Musa the first doesn't come from Mali. It actually comes from Egypt. And a lot of the other stuff is kind of pieced together from other sources because Musa was Muslim and he was really the first of these. It's not clear whether he was the first uh, Malinese emperor who was Muslim or he was the first one who took it seriously, but he took it very seriously. Mm -hmm. And so there are all sorts of things that are associated with that, that we can tell from that time. So for example, the great university of Sankar is a, you know, is, is a Muslim uh, university and that was built. We don't know exactly his connection to it, but uh, he's Mansa at the time and he, you know, a great Islamic university is built there. We know he must have been connected to it in some really obvious ways. Right. But as you know, like one of the important parts of being Muslim is going on the Hajj. That is to say, going on this trip to Mecca. And so he went, but he didn't go alone. He took this huge entourage with him uh, of the kind that it would take a lot, uh, you know, CG money uh, to, to, <laughs> to produce in any Coming to America sequel. And so a lot of what we know about him either comes from travelers from the Muslim world coming to Mali uh, or more often sources in Egypt, especially in Cairo when he passed through there. Because essentially what he did was when he passed through there, it seemed like partly, of course, it was like a lot of pilgrimages. It was uh, obviously a, a point of devout religion. It's an, it's an important part of Muslim practice to do this. We must do it, right? And so... Part of it is no doubt personal religious piety, but another part of it was, hey, let me show off how great we are. And uh, so very famously, when he went through Cairo... He's trying to floss here. He's like, look, let me show you my wealth. Let me show you this giant entourage that I got following me around. To give an idea, uh, Mali is on the western side of Africa, yes, if that's I remember. Right. Yeah. And the trek to Mecca is about around 4,000 miles. Yes, it's quite far. So we're talking, this is greater than the continental United States. Yes. On foot. Yes. You know, on, on I'm assuming camels. And it takes him, I'm guessing, greater part of a year. Yes. To get just from one end to the other. Okay. Just wanted to give our listeners an idea of how long this takes. Yeah. And it does appear that later on, uh, what becomes part of this dynastic tradition is when you go on the Hajj, you know you're going to be gone for a long time. So you put someone as, you know, a ruler while you're gone. And when you do that, you're basically setting that person up as your heir. So mm -hmm. that's how you could be gone for so long. You're basically saying, this person will be my heir. I'm leaving. When I come back, I'm going to rule again. But then when I'm dead, they'll take over. And so Musa goes on this trip. And, well, what do you know about uh, when he was in Cairo? I think this is probably the most famous incident from his life. I know that he went into Cairo and he basically went shopping. <laughs> and as part of going shopping, the inflation rate caused the the currency to devalue. He essentially bankrupted the city of Cairo. He um, financially ruined the city. So it's actually bigger than that. <laughs> Uh, oh, believe oh it or God. not, like okay. <laughs> it, this is one of the reasons why, though we don't we don't have great sources for Musa. Yeah. Why we we think he m might have been, if not the richest man ever, close to it. So his wealth came in two things: slaves and gold. Uh, straight up gold. It wasn't just gold he mm -hmm. had to spend, but like gold was gold mines were one of his great, uh, you know, pillars of his uh, wealth. Mm -hmm. And so he spent gold and gave gold, just, uh, you know, would, would give out as much gold as he could, partly out of an act of piety, 
you know, he is on the Hodge after all, but also partly, you know, as you said, he's kind of showing off that, uh, hey guys, there's a wealthy new power to the West over there. So uh, it's wrong to say that he ruined the economy of Cairo. It's better to say that he appears to have tanked the entire gold commodity market for the entire Mediterranean. Uh, oh my God. It so was, it's it was big, right? It was big. <laughs> he, this is like, it was big. Uh, it, and yeah. it also appears that he did it on accident. Like this wasn't an act mm. of some sort of economic terrorism, but he didn't appear to have wanted to do this. He apparently just wanted to show off and be pious at the same time. And so great. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, that he, after he tanks the gold market unintentionally, he goes uh, to Mecca. But of course, he has to pass right back through Cairo on the way back. And when he comes back, he discovers what he has done. And so he borrows back all the gold that he had dumped there at these kind of crazy inflationary prices that he apparently could afford. He could just afford to buy up his own bad investments <laughs> Because he's like, well, now I look like a real piece of garbage because I just tanked, you yeah. know, the Mediterranean gold market. Sorry, guys. Uh, and he did well, that. As the richest back. man in the world, he could do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how wealthy. Yeah. That's how wealthy he was. So it is weird to say we know we actually know less about him than you would imagine. But what mm-hmm. we do know really does lend itself to this idea that he was one of the richest men in the world. We also have some other interesting little things about him that might connect to coming to America, although I have no confidence that they were looking at Mensa Musa uh, when they when they uh, made the movie. And one interesting thing is that part of the tension and the conflict in the sequel has to do with whether a woman can rise to the throne. And we do have some evidence that Mansa Musa's wife and that certainly other wives of Malinese Mansas who followed him often had some kind of very, you know, strong political power Mm -hmm. at at the time. They would sometimes meet with certain kinds of foreign dignitaries uh, representing the Mansa. And so one of the questions, so sometimes the foreign dignitaries were left thinking, is he trying to insult me by sending his wife or are women just, do, do women just have a much higher status here than they would say back in Egypt? for example. Yeah. I tend to think it's the latter, but the truth is we don't have really great evidence for, for any of the above. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The other weird thing, which is just aside, you know, one of the accounts has to do with saying that when, <laughs> whenever someone achieved a great victory, he would give them a bigger pair of pants and the bigger your pants were. Well, yes, the bigger your yeah. pants were, the, the more, the greater achievement you had. And, uh, you know, having grown up at a time when MC Hammer uh was you know i was that was coming to my mind as well the parachute pants i like to imagine that mc hammer in fact is the descendant of some sort of you know great Molinese emperor who has had huge pants and he brought those to america although mc hammer not involved in i don't think he's involved in either of the coming to america movies as far as i know but he is involved with having big pants. Now, if he really wanted to blow a foreign dignitary's mind, he would have sent a woman with really big parachute pants just to uh, screw with them. But that's just my thought. That would have screwed with me. Though also, that does get us into showing my age. I dream of genie territory where she also had really <laughs> big pants. 
And it did mess with people that she had really big pants and lived with an astronaut and had magical powers. But yes, yeah, so, you know, um, Mansa Musa may indeed have been truly the richest man ever to live. And if somehow we were to find out he isn't, that doesn't mean much because he was certainly one of the richest men ever to live for sure. Mm, yes. Take note, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I believe his calculated wealth was somewhere around $580 billion. And do you want to know where I got that factoid? I would love to know. All right. Well, let's get into a recommendation. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. My first recommendation is the Drunk History episode from Season 5, Episode 11, entitled Middle Ages, mm -hmm. which features Mansa Musa. Ooh. And that is where that factoid comes from. And as you know, Drunk History, RIP in peace, it is no longer with us, features celebrities and comedians getting drunk and recounting history and surprisingly factually correct. And then other comedians and celebrities reenact it as they're telling it. The episode that I'm talking about that features Mansa Munza, uh, Donald Faison from Scrubs. We all love Scrubs, except for season nine. That season does not exist. <laughs> is Mansa Munza. And it's fantastic. So please give that a watch. I will have to say, just to interrupt you, if you sure. like drunk history and you like hearing drunk people explain historical things yes. with great accuracy and as correct as possible while still being drunk, I recommend going to the International Congress for Medieval Studies in Kalamazoo, Michigan, <laughs> <laughs> where I have been in many conversations with drunk historians who knew exactly what they were talking about and also knew how to throw back a few beers there themselves. Yes. So yes. that was my um, little aside for you. Anyway, go on with your recommendations. I've, I've had I've had gentlemen offer me many glasses of uh, drinks before, so um, that is my experience there. <laughs> uh, my second uh, recommendation is, of course, Coming to America, the original. 1988, I believe, that year it came out. I've already talked about how much I like it and how much I love the characters, how I can recite some of the lines which I will not repeat because, again, we're going back to our G rating here. Well, our PG rating here. <laughs> I guess I will not recommend or I will not be seeing the sequel. <laughs> that makes me really disappointed. Yes, you should watch the original again. That would be a great thing to do with your time. So my recommendation, besides watching Coming to America, the original again, would be a computer game, Civilization. And Civilization has been around for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. It has been around, the first Civilization game I, I ever played was, I played on a 286. For those who are oh old enough to know, to know what that is. You're 150 years old. I <laughs> remember Mensa Musa bought it for me with his pocket change. <laughs> uh, and it was, the, it was the top of the line computer <laughs> in those days. You printed everything on a dot matrix. Yes, that's right. It's called Sid Meier's Civilization, by the way. Fun yes. fact, because Robin Williams told Sid Meier's that he needed to brand it by putting his name on it. So that's why the Civilization series. That. Yeah, it's called Sid Meier's Civilization. And it's been through so many iterations, it's now on six. It's one of these games, it's a turn-based game where you play the leader of some civilization and your opponents are real people from history who are leaders of different empires. And in Civilization Six, Mansa Musa is one of the playable characters. And his special ability, not surprisingly, has to do with being obscenely wealthy, uh, which he is. Uh, so, of course, I have racked up so, so, so many hours of Civilization VI. Those who are my friends on Steam, if you just look, because I just leave my Civ games running, 
uh, it appears that I am always 24-7 playing Civilization VI. So I'm always killing someone or taking them over or destroying them culturally in a peaceful fashion. Is that the civilization that you play when you play Civ Six? No, I very rarely do. Nowadays, this is very embarrassing uh, to admit, but I'm finding it a little too easy to just take over through military force. And so you can ramp up the difficulty <laughs> and then deal with people nuking one another. But then I just get yeah. mad when I do that, and then it's not relaxing. So lately, I've been playing Eleanor of Aquitaine, uh, a good medieval character. Good. Yes. And she has a lot of cultural powers and being playing on peaceful, not peaceful mode. It's war mode. So I open myself up to war, but I will not <laughs> build a single, I won't build a single uh, uh, military base. And I just expand peacefully and push against them until all their cities and their civilization join mine. Because I, as Eleanor of Aquitaine, am awesome. By the way, also a little medieval aside for Civ Six, Eleanor of Aquitaine is playable both as France and England. I think she's the only character who you can play in two different civilizations. She has slightly different powers in each one. That's interesting. Yeah. And very pacifistic of you. I well, it is. I am aggressively pacifistic. I am definitely yeah. trying to destroy them through art. So That earns my respect because every time I play Team Fortress 2, I always play the heavy and that's someone who just you know, picks up the giant gun, the Russian guy that just picks up the giant gun and just hoses everyone down. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do that tactic. I wouldn't have the patience for it. Well, anything else for the good of the cause, Nina? Man, I sure would like some gold right now. Just, you know, some eccentric, very wealthy billionaire just passed through northern Georgia right now. Our listeners are welcome to send us gold. We do solicit gold from you. Uh, as we've mentioned yeah. before, we will sell out for shockingly little amounts of money. We are cheap. Yes. We are cheap dates. You have no idea. Yes. So, and if you pay us in gold, well, you know, that's even better. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, gold standards returning. <laughs> Engineer Mike, please cut that out. <laughs> All right. West through Hall, Doc. West through Hall, Nina. Hop and Evil was recorded under the studio. The hosts are Dr. Richard Scott Noakes and Nina McNamara. Our audio engineer is Engineer Mike. The music is courtesy of Dr. John Jinwright. For more information, visit our website at profawesome.com slash That's P-R-O-F-A-W-E-S-O-M-E dot com slash Thank you for listening.